Welcome to Reflect the Life You Want, where we talk about not only how to survive, but to thrive. I'm your host, Tim Howard, man school strategist, former Army officer, successful Homes for Heroes real estate agent. This show will focus on living a life of greatness, of wholeness, and completeness. This show will be talking about our dreams, our goals, and how to go about creating them. So join me to learn how to reflect and design the life you want to live. This is Tim Howard, and I'm the host of Reflect the Life You Want, and today I'm especially excited to have as a guest Joshua Johnston of Freedom Sailing. So welcome to the show, Josh. Thanks a lot, Tim. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's exciting to have you part of the show. You and I connected first through the Veterans Business Collective here in Wilmington, and I think we'd interacted a couple times, but one of the most recent meetings we had, you had this really cool, powerful video that you shared with all of us. And I just like, man, I got to get him on the show and we got to talk about the impact of freedom sailing and all the good stuff that you're doing for our veterans. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, um, uh, the video itself, we actually, uh, we planned it for about a year and a half now. Yeah. Uh, COVID kind of helped us, uh, not helped us, but it hindered us, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, progress wise. And, uh, we hired a, a videographer, like, well, we need to get this word out. We need to get the word out. I'm telling people about what we do, but, yeah. um, I have a friend that, uh, I saw one of his videos a couple of years ago and I'm like, that's the guy, that's the guy I want to do my video. Do your show. And I think you, um, someone locally. Yeah. Someone locally. His name is Will Fryer. Okay. He's a, he's a really, really talented videographer, photographer. Excellent. Well, why don't, Josh, why don't you give us a little bit bit of background of who you are, your personal story, your professional story that led you to the founding of Freedom Sailing and where you are today? All right. So it's it's sort of a long story, but I'll I'll start kind of midway. So um, I was fresh out of high school, joined the Marine Corps. It was pre-9-11. Yeah. And I was young, uh, ambitious. I really wanted to explore the world. I wanted to get out. I just wanted to like find out what the world had to offer me mm-hmm. i'm from a really small town in illinois called Pawnee, illinois just like the indians yeah uh, i graduated with 40 people wow so there, there small wasn't town. yeah small town there wasn't a whole lot there to, that it could offer me um mm-hmm. i was always dreaming about getting out and doing great things mm-hmm. you know so marine corps happened i guarded nuclear warheads for a couple of years uh down in kings bay georgia at a nuclear uh, weapons facility mm-hmm. at the nuclear sub base kings bay yeah. And then um, after I got out there, I went uh, up here to June, uh, and I was 0311 uh, Infantry. And shortly after I got there, uh, September 11th happens. Yeah. My unit was set up uh, to be on a med cruise at the time, mm-hmm. and we already had our bags packed. All of our gear was still on the, on the boats, and we were on leave. Mm-hmm. On my way back, driving through Tennessee, I remember everybody um, that's our age uh, remembers where they're at for 9-11. Oh, and yeah. I remember I was driving my truck. Through Tennessee, I was in Nashville, and I heard the news that, that happened. And our, our our commanding officer, they put out the word, "Hey, we're we're first response. We're the first ones going to be going over to Afghanistan." I had no idea because I signed up in a time of peace, mm-hmm. um, but I knew it was a possibility. So our unit, um, three six, third battalion, six Marines, was, was part of the twenty six MU uh, Marine Expeditionary Unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went straight over, went through the Mediterranean, down through the Suez Canal. Uh, up to uh, the Gulf, and we ended up landing on in Pakistan, which is a friendly. Uh, and then we went from Pakistan, and we went into southern Afghanistan. Uh, mm-hmm. We, my unit was the very first unit of Marines to ever set foot that far inland mm-hmm. in history, because uh, 
usually Marines are coastal fighters. Right. Right. But they, they brought us all the way in. Mm-hmm. And uh, my unit it's, itself, we, we started in uh, southern Afghanistan, and we made our way up to Kandahar. And we actually were the unit to come in and take over Kandahar International Airport. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a little story if you really want to hear, mm-hmm. um, but I've got uh, a pretty touching story, something that really kind of changed who I was military-wise, and I'm a believer. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that there's a greater power. I believe that um, we have choices to make, and you you have forks in the road. Like they old saying, you have a fork in the road, choose mm-hmm. which one you want. Yeah. You truly have that choice, mm-hmm. but you can be guided in the same way. Yeah, And you just got to listen to that voice in the back of your head sometimes that, hey, nudging you, go this way, or nudging you to go that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to really kind of be in tune. So this one instance really helped me understand that that's those voices and those things that happen happen for a reason right um so we were actually um down at uh, ford operating base rhino down in southern afghanistan mm-hmm. and we had orders to go and take our platoon and fly in helos uh, ch-53s i think we had at that time get in the 53s in the middle of the night and then land at the airport circle up and run over to the uh the grass that's in the between the runways Mm-hmm. Um, once we got in there, we were supposed to circle up in the grass, and then helicopters would take off. And we would proceed from there, expand our 360, and take over the airport. Mm-hmm. Well, that same day that we got those orders to do that, um, it was a rain. A rainstorm came through. Now, I'm not sure how, how long it was, but it had been a long time since it rained in that area of the desert. Mm-hmm. Well, it rained so so hard and so heavy that... Um, it, it changed the temperatures, you know, and, and all the, the, the dew started settling in and the, the fog started setting in. And when we were supposed to leave at midnight, there was so much fog that we could barely, barely walk out to the runway to see the helicopters. We could hear them, but we couldn't see them until you got maybe about 50 yards away from the helicopters. And you start seeing the uh, static the electricity static, yeah. at the ends of the uh, rotor, rotors. Mm-hmm. And they almost looked like giant halos sitting mm-hmm. over the top of you. Yeah. So we're sitting there in the sand underneath these giant halos circling around us. And um, they're, they're doing the run-ups, the, the pilots are. And next thing you know, the, the engines start shutting down. You're like, what's going on? So one of the, one of the guys came out and said, hey, um, it's too foggy. We can't take off. You know, we're going to have to postpone this mission. Mm-hmm. So we're like, oh, well, we're all excited to go do something because we've been training for years to actually do something. And mm-hmm. um, now we, we're kind of... I don't know, kind of burst our bubble because yeah. <laughs> we were ready to go. Yeah, you know, so we went back, went back to sleep, and the next morning, um, our command officer, or probably not the next morning, but a little bit long later on in the next day, the commanding officer showed up and he's like, "Hey, we're going to be doing the exact same thing tonight, but there's only one thing different. Know, know how we told you that when you get out of the helicopter to go into the middle of the the run runways where all the grass is at, no matter what you do, do not get near the uh, the grass. Uh, it's full. We had some kind of reconnaissance in there at the time. Mm-hmm. Happened to go um, in that morning, and it was full of landmines. Mm. So if it wasn't for the rain, it wasn't for the fog, and us not being able to take off, I would have, in the middle of the blindness of night, I would have taken my platoon into a minefield unknowingly in the dark. Wow. I probably wouldn't have been here. Wow. You know, so we ended up doing the mission the next day. It was fine, no fog. You know, we came in, took over the airport, and it was all right. But mm. no casualties, nothing happens. But uh, it could have been a different story. Yeah. Um, you were protected. Yeah. Yes, I was. 
Yeah. yeah. So that was a cool little story. Um, kind of kind of uh, continue on. I got out of the Marine Corps after four and a half years. I went over, did my time, got my combat action, and I got out. Our unit was supposed to go back over there. And I, I was I hum and hauled. You know, I, I really want to go and be an officer. So I talked to my command, commanding officer, and they're like, hey, you can go get out, go to college, come back in OCS and become an officer. Mm-hmm. So that was my route. I was going to go in. I was in, I was enlisted right now. Say, hey, let's go be an officer and go make make a difference. And uh, when I got out, I got a taste of freedom, <laughs> as, <laughs> as a lot of guys do. Yeah. Um, I got out and I decided, ah, man, I kind of like being being able to do what I want, what I want, when I want. Yeah. And uh, military, I loved it. I loved every single second of it, even digging holes in the rain on my birthday. I, I loved every moment of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking back on it, I'm like, I did that. We did that yeah. as a group, but uh, it just it just wasn't the route that I wanted to take after mm-hmm. I got out. So mm-hmm. I went to college for architecture. I'm not an architect, but I learned how to do CAD drawings and that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. um, so I went in, started working construction, started utilizing some of the stuff I learned at college. And uh, next thing you know, I I, I started to uh, see things in bigger houses that I was helping to build. Um, There's a lot of dead space in the houses. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not sure if you know this, Tim, but I owned a company, and it was called Covert Concepts. And basically okay. what I did is I built secret rooms in people's homes. Ah, so I did that for years. So I, I took that, that. that security aspect of the um, military and then the construction aspect of after I got out and I grew up building stuff with my father. And I – combines all the dead space that was in people's homes and i yeah. started making secret areas uh, out safe of bookshelves and safe rooms yeah. so like that yeah. and i did that for 10 years um it was a good business i did a lot of traveling um i really got to connect with a lot of people a lot of like-minded people mm-hmm. um and then i closed the business down uh, i can't remember a couple of years ago and i started working for another company um kind of taking a break because it's tough it's really tough owning your own business yeah it really is being a one-man band, you know, you're doing the estimates, you're doing uh, all the proposals, you're talking to the customers, you're co- collecting all the material, you're building everything, and you're installing and you're traveling. You're doing everything, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's tough. Any any business owner out there that uh, um, is trying to do it himself, you know, it's it, – I understand. Yeah. And we understand. Yeah. You know, you got to have people helping you. you got to have yeah, people, you know, pay them a little bit more, you know, get a good – person out there is your right-hand man mm-hmm. and uh but you can still do it yourself if you really put forth the effort in certain yeah. businesses um but after that i um i really um during the whole process of me uh getting to know people building these furniture these certain special niches mm-hmm. um i found a guy that had sailboat pictures all over his house this is back in 2004 mm-hmm. and i started asking him like hey you do sail i've always been interested in sailing but mm-hmm. I, I don't know anything anything about sailing right so he's like yeah i do i, I do grew up in the midwest <laughs> i grew up i was landlocked <laughs> there was there was a lake yeah i learned how to ski on the lake but that, mm. they're all power boats you mm-hmm. know and I, I was never around sailboats mm-hmm. or anything but uh uh once once i started asking him i started that conversation and um he he invited me to come over and get on his boat and he taught me how to sail and then cool. that led to me getting into regattas over at the Carolina Yacht Club over mm-hmm. here on Riceville Beach. Yeah. Um, sailing lightning, 19-foot lightning-class sailboats. Really, really fun boats to sail. Yeah. And they're, they're really, um, I don't know, they're really difficult sometimes because you got so many so many lines and so many different, uh, how do I want to say this? It's, it's, it's not like sailing a sunfish. 
Right. Where you got your mainsail and you got right. your rudder and it's, that's about it, you know, and a little bit of trim. But there's so many lines of trim. It's so meticulous. You have to, like, know every little thing. Mm-hmm. And I really kind of was thrown into the fire on one of those boats. And I really learned quick. And I just thrived in that environment. Mm-hmm. You know, it was controlled chaos in a sense, <laughs> yeah. right? You got lines everywhere, wrapping around your foot, wrapping around your arms, clearing it and making sure. But you're you're making that boat go forward, you know, mm-hmm. uh, within this chaos. And the next thing you know, I started asking about different boats. I started getting on other boats, uh, bigger boats and bigger boats. And then um, I had an opportunity to get on a, a 48-foot catamaran a couple of years ago, and I um, sailed across the Caribbean from wow. uh, from Jamaica to Panama. Okay. And uh, we went through the Panama Canal, which was a great experience. I bet. So in my travels, I've actually been through Suez Canal and the Panama Canal, oh, that's cool. which is really not cool. Not many people have done that. No, not many, unless you're like a professional uh, merchant. Uh, merchant, marine. exactly. Yeah. Yep. So sailing, when I got here in 2004, it kind of, I kind of jumped right into it, mm-hmm. and uh, I really didn't realize what it was doing um, inside and mm-hmm. what it was what it was doing for me, mm-hmm. but it was um, it was changing me in a sense, unknowingly. And then just a few years ago, in about 2017, I'd say, um, I realized, like, this this is I'm, – I'm creating my own therapy. Mm. You know, some of the PTSD, some of the, the issues that I was dealing with from, from being in combat and, and seeing my fellow Marines pass away mm-hmm. um, and, and seeing all sorts of stuff that we really shouldn't talk about right now. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was dealing with that in a way that I, I – it just kind of came natural. I just kind of heard that noise, that 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 voice in my in my head telling me, "Hey, you need to do this. Or you need mm-hmm. to do that." Mm-hmm. You know. And uh, so, 2017, I took a veteran friend that I knew he was kind of struggling a little bit. Mm-hmm. Hey, why don't you come out sailing with us? You know, it's helped me a lot, mm-hmm. not knowing that it was helping me. Yeah. Um, and as soon as he got behind the helm, I just saw. I looked up at him, and he just he had this look on his face of of awe. It's like. Almost like this is this is something that I've been searching for. This is something I've been looking for, mm-hmm. and he, it was just, he was a different person the whole time he was sailing that boat. That's wild. Know? And and even after he got off, he was just a little bit different. You know, mm. he wanted to come back. He wanted to come back. So in 2018, I I made a plan. I started talking to some of my sailing buddies that had boats because mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't have a boat. Mm-hmm. I had an idea. Yeah, and I knew how it felt, made me feel, and I knew how it made other people feel. Mm-hmm. But I started off with an idea, and I just started asking around. Mm-hmm. Hey, Scott, or hey, Mike, can you let me borrow your boat for a weekend? You be the captain on it, so you're responsible for your boat, but let me bring a couple veterans. Yeah. Let me bring a couple of my buddies on the boat, and let's just let's get this thing going. Let's see what's, what we can do with it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went incorporated in 2018. We got an official 501c3 the same year, and— the last year, uh, well, COVID slowed everything down yeah. for two years for everything. So I had the ball rolling at first, and then it, it just dropped out, mm-hmm. and nothing happened for two years. Yeah. And then last year, I got the ball rolling again, and we ended up um, getting enough donations and stuff. We bought our own boat yeah. last year. And now I, I literally just came back. I want you, you can see in the video, but I got good suntan already this morning because <laughs> I, I literally drove from the Riceville Beach Marina uh, sea path and yeah. drove straight here. Right. So I was out sailing with a couple of veterans. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. So that's kind of a story of how I got into it. I know we can elaborate a little bit more. But. Well, it's, you know, when I saw the video and uh, I didn't know all the backstory, but I'd, I'd heard a little bit of, uh, and 
you know, I, I served as an Army officer in a different generation. I yeah. left I left active duty in 1988 and left the reserves in 2002. So, But most of my friends that are military have had multiple deployments, and, and people of your generation, uh, multiple deployments in the combat situation. So you guys face things I didn't have to face. Yeah. So I always have tremendous empathy for what you might have gone through but when i saw that and then i saw we were talking before the show that you know he had sergio a friend of mine on on the boat i said hey sergio it's like small world yeah and so i know sergio and his wife rebecca through uh the latin dance community i'm a part of here in wilmington area and i said ah that's cool you know so then i had more of a personal connection to what you're doing i said you know i gotta get get you out on the show here to talk about freedom sailing and the impact you're having with other veterans by this it's 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 kind of therapy mm-hmm. in a way um and, and i don't know what that's like i used to sail when i was younger uh but i, and I always enjoyed oh, being out there and you know being on the water and controlling you know the, the, with the wind yeah. allowing the boat to go where it was going but being able to get out there and and have some fun with that so it's like but when i saw that video i was like man this is really cool we got to tell more people about that and then i know you do some different fundraising activities throughout the year i know yes. uh, by the time this podcast gets released you'll have had a big event you guys do each year a golf tournament kind of event but um I want more people to hear about it. I want I want more people no. to understand the impact that you're helping with veterans in maybe a different kind of way than anyone ever would have thought of. Yeah. But it was beneficial for you, and now you're taking other veterans out, and it's been beneficial for them. So that's yeah. really cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And you being a veteran, you're more than welcome. You, you yeah. have sailing experience. You're more than welcome. <laughs> it's been a while. But it's, <laughs> that's uh, all right. It's, that's all right. It's really cool. Well, ahead of the show, I asked you to take a look at the Reflect Acrostic. Reflect the Life You Want is um, the theme of the Mirror Book Project with my co-author, Maria Spears, and it's the title of this podcast. And a couple of the chapters kind of resonated with you, so I wanted to kind of dig into that a little bit. One of them was to recognize the power to change. And then the other one that resonated with you was thoughts are key, think it, create it. So I just... You know, what was it about those two chapters that especially resonated with you? That Well, um, 14 years is a number. I, I said this uh, at the VBC, the Veteran mm-hmm. Business Collect, uh, Collective meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, 14 years is a number that stands out for me. And the reason is, is that it took me 14 years to realize that I needed to change something. Mm-hmm. 14 years. I'm an adult. I should know better, right? Yeah. But... I got out of the military, and I thought how I was thinking on a normal basis was normal. Mm-hmm. On a regular basis was normal. Mm-hmm. I would, for example, I'd go into church. We'd sit in the back pews, right? Because I can see everybody there. Yeah. Everybody, everybody that's been in the military understands. I understand. You can see everybody. Mm-hmm. My wife sits Situational on the inside. Awareness. I sit on the row. My wife sits on the inside, mm-hmm. right? I would, I would role play without knowing it. I would role play in my head, what if somebody came in that door mm-hmm. with a gun? Mm-hmm. What would I do? What if someone came in through this is ab this is it's obscene. It, it really is. Now that I'm thinking about it. It's it's on the verge of being crazy mm-hmm. that I'm thinking 
on a normal in Wilmington of all mm. places. Mm-hmm. What if someone comes in and throws a grenade down the aisle of church? Like how how crazy does that sound? When I'm telling you this, right? Well, I've led safety and security teams at churches, so I'm, I'm yeah. I, I guess I, it I, I understand it's, that it's you, you have to uh, have to think about those things sometimes. But thinking about that stuff and it was consuming my thoughts mm-hmm. that I wasn't I wasn't in the moment. I wasn't I wasn't at church. Mm. I was there physically. But mentally, I wasn't. I was somewhere Not else. Not emotionally, spiritually. Right, exactly. And I wasn't getting anything out of it. Mm. Um, and then every, everybody else, you've maybe done the, do the same thing, but go into a restaurant, and you sit in the corner, but you're yep. back in the corner, yep. and you look out, and you can see. <laughs> I do that still to the, today, but I have my buddies that call me out and say, hey, why don't you sit over here? You know, so that's that's good. But well, when I sat down in a restaurant last night, I, I, I chose my seating strategically for... Yeah. Right. I have that mindset as well sometimes. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, it's... You choose that. You choose mm-hmm. to sit in the corner every time. Mm-hmm. You choose to make those to have those thoughts uh, yep. at church. So fourteen years of that. Fourteen years of waking up in the middle of the night with night sweats. Mm-hmm. Not that I can choose to have a dream or a nightmare or not. That's just mm-hmm. subconscious. I get right. that. Right. But you can choose how to file it away. Mm-hmm. Right. You can choose um, to do something productive and not have those thoughts. I, I'm, I believe that those are my thoughts throughout the day of of worrying about someone shooting up a place or, or sitting in the back and someone doing something to be able to uh, be able to react to it. I feel those thoughts led up to nighttime where my subconscious was mm. was turned on and now all those thoughts I had during the day mm. are, are being created in my dreams. Mm-hmm. And I'd wake up, I would literally wake up sweating. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife said one day, one night she, uh, she was afraid to like you know, wake me up because I sat straight up in bed mm-hmm. and I was scanning, I was mm-hmm. scanning the horizon. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, I don't know if I want to wake you up, but I know you shouldn't be doing that. Right. <laughs> um, and then another time I grabbed the lamp post right next to me. I had it getting ready to like Mm-hmm. Like, like it was a staff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she, uh, within after fourteen years, and I'd only met her for a couple, known her for a couple of years at the time. Mm-hmm. But I, she was like, "Why don't you? Why don't you go talk to somebody? Why don't you like go figure some of the stuff out?" Right. And I'm like, "That's just what I do. I don't, <laughs> I don't need to talk <laughs> to anybody. I'm a, a military guy. I'm, I'm tough, you know." And mm-hmm. but no, I just go. I went, I went to the VA. And I talked to somebody, mm-hmm. and he, he figured. Me and him talked a few times. Um, I don't currently see him, but I, he's accessible if I need to. Mm-hmm. But he 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 talked to me in a way that I could un, I can relate to and I can understand and figure out how to take those memories or those um, responses that I have mm-hmm. and file them away different folders in a sense like a file cabinet. Yeah, right. And it just my choices now. I choose not to think about that guy coming down the aisle mm-hmm. i know it can happen mm-hmm. i'm fully aware it can happen and i'm ready for it mm-hmm. but i choose not to uh, be not to focus not on to it. focus on it yeah exactly so you do have those choices mm-hmm. and everything every 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 bad thing that you it has that goes on now there's certain things you know death in the family you know we just lost our dog on tuesday and it was mm-hmm. absolutely terrible because she Sorry was my hear she was my baby you know we don't yeah. have kids so she was my kid Right, and and I, I'm I'm still getting choked up about talking about it, mm-hmm. um, but you know that's that's okay. I choose I choose to be transparent. I choose to let people know that it's okay to to show your feelings. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm 42 years old. You know we we're 
mature enough and that we can we can let people know we can cry in some in front of somebody if right. we really want to before that, that 14 years where mm. i was before that mm. I, I i would keep everything in i would mm. swallow it yeah you know you get that big frog in your throat and you swallow it you mm-hmm. know and you don't you don't show your emotions but that's that's not healthy yeah you know so it's not like you've grown a lot through therapy and had an opportunity to yeah yeah, Think about things differently and the thoughts that you are having, how to respond to them differently. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a choice. It really yeah. is. And now with the freedom sailing, yeah. it's taking it to a different level. Yeah. So um, first of all, I'm not a therapist. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a carpenter by trade, that business owner and military guy, a Marine, and I just want to help somebody. Yeah. I just want to help people. Yeah. So... Um, what we do is essentially mindful-based therapy. Yeah, We're not technically therapists, mm-hmm. but it's taking your thoughts and redirecting them into mm. somewhere positive. Mm-hmm. And that that positivity is, is within sailing for us. I was just thinking about, as you were talking about that, I was thinking about wind. Yeah. And so changing direction and, and how, to, how to think and on your, in the moment, how to attack and do those things depending on the wind and how you can use your thoughts differently and how you would respond to those situations in a healthy way as opposed to being overwhelmed by it or unsure of it or something like that so i can i can see some cool analogies there that's 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 a good point you brought up because it's so it's so unpredictable Mm -hmm. you know if you got a good steady wind Mm and you got your sails tied in really tight mm-hmm. and then that gust comes and it almost flips the boat yeah well you ease out a little bit yeah or you adjust with it yeah so yep. i see what exactly what you're saying recalibrate yeah so recognize the power to change you you've you've gone through that process for yourself and now you're helping other guys. then you you also resonated with you this idea that thoughts are key to think it created and you talked about how you have creativity yourself even that business you had yeah with how to use the, the space, um, touch upon why why does that especially speak to you? The thoughts are key. Think it created. Um. Well, you're you're ultimately the creator of your 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 future. Mm-hmm. You know, and and we have all sorts of thoughts. I'm, I'm a very creative person. I'm an artist. You know, and mm-hmm. I like to I like to be able to be creating creating, but. Mm-hmm. Um. I've also got to concentrate on that creativity, mm-hmm. right? Because it can go wild. Mm-hmm. It can go crazy. Mm-hmm. And you're doing, you're digging a, a four-foot hole here, an eight-foot hole here, and a six-foot hole over there, but you're not getting anywhere because you stop with those holes because you're trying to be so creative. you gotta, you got to focus on one of those holes. You gotta, right. Not a hole, but, you know, you got to focus on building that one thing. Yeah. And you got to make a, a, a conscious effort to use your creativity mm-hmm. productively. Mm-hmm. Right? I can get distracted. Like just talking to you right now, I'm just I'm a I move <laughs> I move around. <laughs> you can see us on the video. I'm all yeah. I'm moving my hands. I'm fidgeting and stuff. Yeah. But but yeah, uh, when it comes to your mind and being creative and focusing on something, mm-hmm. you know, um, being active is also part being creative on the boat. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're adapting to situations like you said, the wind. You know, you're being creative. If if something happens, it's something's going to happen that's unexpected. Mm-hmm. Every time you go sailing, mm-hmm. it's unexpected. But you have to use that, that creative process and that choice that you have to mm-hmm. be able to respond to it positively mm-hmm. and to be able to uh, create yourself, create, I'm sorry, create your own way out of it. In a yeah. Sense. 
right. or through the challenge. Did I kind of hit what you're asking? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I know yeah, it was a little like, tangent. No, it's it's like <laughs> what what is it about you and and your thoughts that um, that that resonated that we can share with others that is, yeah. might be beneficial to someone else listening. I think um, I always like to ask my guest at least these two questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it relates back to the reflect the life you want. So, you know, you've been on this journey. You've been growing a lot. You've got this uh, freedom sailing initiative now. Um, but I'm imagining you're still probably working on things for yourself. And I'm thinking if, if, if there's any one thing right now that you're working on to reflect more of the life that you want, what would that be? Uh, I think the life that I want is a, is a life where... I leave behind more good than I do bad. Mm. I leave more impressions on people mm-hmm. that are good mm-hmm. than bad. I want to be able to say that I've helped more people than I've hurt. Yeah, you know, I, I, that I think that's <laughs> in nut, in a nutshell. That's that's what. Yeah, I, I, I really achieve. I want to achieve. Okay, so you're working on. Ways to help more people make an impact Absolutely. in a positive way in Absolutely. their lives. Because I can yeah. only do so much. Yeah. But you get, you know, it'll grow exponentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I'm imagining it will continue to grow here locally. So, so it, and the impact that you'll have on different veterans' lives that get the opportunity through Freedom Sailing to to go get therapy by the experience of doing something different. Yes. Yep. That'll be that'll be powerful. So. You've been through a lot. You've had various life experiences in the military, small business owner, have this ministry slash foundation now with Freedom Sailing, plus professionally what you do, educationally what you've learned. If you could either share with an earlier version of yourself or you encountered someone or a fellow veteran that's struggling, it's like, what's that one piece of wisdom that you've gained to this point in life that if you could share with someone else to reflect more of the life they want, what would it be? I think um, it would probably be don't be don't be afraid to reach out mm. and talk to somebody. Mm. So it could be either therapeutic wise for you mm-hmm. or business wise. Mm-hmm. For example, in my business, I was trying to get something done, mm-hmm. and I kept running roadblocks, 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 and I figured out, oh, why don't, why don't I just move up and, and talk to somebody mm-hmm. uh, that actually <laughs> runs mm-hmm. the business, right? Yeah. So it was a it was actually a Fortune 500 company. I can't remember which company it was. Um, but I ended up finding the CEO of the company on LinkedIn. Mm. So I didn't. I didn't initially get a hold of him, but I paid for the uh, the uh, upgraded version the premium so yeah. I can message him. Yeah. And I messaged him and said, hey, this is the issue I have. Um and it turns out he was an army officer, mm. and we had a great conversation. We talked back and forth several times, and you know what? What I had, um, the situation I had, he had it fixed within within hours. Wow! Right? But because I wasn't afraid to talk to him, I, I, I resolved a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. So what I would say is, no matter what it is, don't be afraid to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. If it's at a business meeting, mm-hmm. let's say you kind of you're intimidating to him. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not intimidating. But let's just say, you know, you you're in you walk into the room and you yeah. got a nice suit on. Yeah. You know, you got a tie and I'm wearing a t shirt and shorts like I am right now. Yeah. 
And I'm like, oh, I want to meet these guys, but I'm kind of intimidated. Yeah. Well, likely that you may be intimidated by me because I'm so casual and easygoing. Yeah. And I, I don't know what you're thinking, you know. Right. But most likely that person is going to want to talk to you just as much as you want to talk to him. Absolutely. doesn't matter who they are. Absolutely. So don't be afraid to reach out, yeah. talk to somebody about yeah. anything. I, that's great. Great wisdom, I think, both on the personal level and in business. Mm-hmm. It's like... Um, the the having that vulnerability and humility to ask for help yes and it takes courage sometimes especially on the on the personal stuff where you may be struggling mm-hmm. and you don't want anybody to know yeah but have having the courage to step into that and ask for help before it gets to something more serious yeah you're right that's very very important but also in business too it's like you know i don't have all the answers <laughs> And I, I ask for help all the time. It's like, <laughs> Absolutely. Here's the situation. What, how would you think? Of, yeah. How do we handle that? Or what, do you, what recommendations? Or who do you know that I should talk to that could yeah. benefit me? So I think that having that humility and having the courage combined with it is powerful. Absolutely. For you in business and for you and your ministry and um, the organization of Freedom Selling, helping others. It's like, you know, sometimes it's like you got to ask someone that you know that's struggling and say, hey, would you be considered going out and sailing with me and, yeah. and check this out? Because yeah. I know you, you know how it benefited you and you know, it potentially could have an impact on them. Yeah. So that's very cool. Well, if people want to learn more about freedom sailing or Joshua Johnson, how do they best connect with your organization or connect with you? Yeah. It'd be through our website, um, freedom org. Okay. Freedomsailing.com is another website, but it's not for us. Freedomsailing.org. So we'll make sure in the show notes when this episode comes out to have that. And then if people just want to reach out to you directly, is LinkedIn a good way to do so? Um, LinkedIn is a good way to do it. LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook as well. Okay. And Instagram. Okay. So So you've got social media presence for Freedom Sailing in all of those locations. And you're you're the one that's generally following up on those accounts. I'm the one that always follows up. Excellent. Excellent. Well, what what other piece of advice or wisdom would you like to share with our listeners? Um, I think one thing uh, I'd like to say is find your pack, right? Mm. When we get out of the military. Yeah. And this is a very military-oriented um, conversation. Yeah. But uh, that's who we are. Uh, yeah. When you get out, you're going to be craving a team camaraderie, mm-hmm. that brotherhood. Yeah. And you need to find that pack, mm-hmm. whether it's sailing. I'd mm-hmm. like it for you to be sailing with me, but yeah. if you're not into sailing, join a motorcycle crew, a, a veteran motorcycle group. Go kayaking, go wherever with a group of guys that have, are like-minded because mm-hmm. that's going to help you more than anything. That camaraderie and your, your ability to have conversation with them and Absolutely. conversations you might not be able to have with other people. Absolutely. The yeah. conversations are on our boats, just military guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you put my wife on the boat or some other, somebody else that doesn't know, that they're going to be yeah. uh, a little standoffish. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, you know, part of the Veterans Business Collective that we're both part of. That's one of the key elements is that tribe. Yes. That yeah. we're, we're able to, we may have had different experiences or served at different times, but there's still that kind of that shared mindset of yeah. service to others. Yep and uh, service to the brother or sister to our left or right that uh, we're walking alongside in life with now. So, Well, it's been a 
distinct pleasure just to have you on the show. I encourage all of our listeners to go check out freedomsailing.org, learn more about the organization, and know uh, that if you provide financial support to the organization, that there's fellow veterans that are going to benefit from the opportunity to go sailing with Josh. Thanks for being a part of the show. I always tell my guests just to go out and live a life of greatness. Absolutely, I will. I appreciate the invite. Thank you.